You're now listening to the Something Good Podcast Network. Please press any key to continue. A kiss, as defined by Dan Webster, is something pleasing, a caress, a gentle touch. But there's another kiss that isn't in Webster's. Hey world, we're kids! Some critics say they don't make music, they just make noise. Yeah, kiss! Kiss implies the extreme in the theatrics on stage, utilizing fire and smoke and bizarre costumes and the ever-consistent, constant concealment of their true identities. Speaking of which, Kiss is going to have its own comic book soon. Take Kiss with you. It's fun. Show your friends and be the first. Now. And welcome once again to No Time to Turn, a Kiss Nerd podcast. Nerd. And as always, I'm joined by Cap and Alex from the Something Good for You Network. Yeah, the exciting uh-huh. network, the whole network. It's a whole. It's a. It's a whole new network. That's what yes. you listen to this podcast through. That's it's right. not even really new, is it? No, it's been there, but it's it's new to the new people. So that's yeah. all that matters. So get new. This that's might right. be uh, somebody's all, first podcast. All the cool kids are doing it. Uh huh. <laughs> all the young dudes. There's something good for you. Network. That's right. The vast network. Yeah, something good we're, for you and couch potatoes and no time to turn. Look at that. That's we're, right. We're, we're, it's more than two, so it can be a network. So this is a flagship show. Before it was a collection, now They're it's a all network. flagship shows. That's yes. right. There's a lot of flags. <laughs> and, uh, well, I was going to say that's going to be way longer, but I was going to do pledge allegiance to the state of podcasting. Right. <laughs> more, like, more like red flags, if you will. So we're tracking the history of Kiss year by year, album by album, and all that good jazz. Only it's not jazz. In fact, we're now trudging into the world of heavy metal. Kiss are going to become a heavy metal band. Uh, is it are though? they though? <laughs> we're we're going to examine the, That's debatable. the we're going to examine the lick it up album cycle yes. and all that in 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 all the entrails, the entrails, all the, the entrails, the guts. Um, we'll uh, kind of rewind just a little bit in kind of a review. They're coming off the Creatures of the Night cycle mm-hmm. which is which their least it, successful cycle and if you haven't listened to that you know go ahead and stop this now and go back and listen to that one and then come back and listen to this one yes we'll wait <laughs> welcome back welcome back <laughs> <laughs> so the final date of the creatures of the night tour in america was april 3rd 1983 in san francisco mm-hmm. the san francisco civic auditorium which you know i haven't even looked that up i, I don't remember what i figured out about that but i mean it was kind of a it was certainly a, a step back from the the massive cow palace arena that they have there yeah um yeah, actually i've got the uh numbers here i guess there's also the oakland coliseum uh a lot of shows out there uh almost sold out that was an 85 percent attendance at a um 8500 cap room yeah yeah <laughs> with motley crew Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. They're doing the Motley Cruise. But then they go to South America. We talked about the South America shows being giant. Yeah. But what we didn't talk about was the fact that, uh, it, you know, the Argent- well, we talked about the Argentinian shows getting mm-hmm. canceled because of the the terrorist threats. Yes. And uh, the promoters for the South America show kept trying to add more dates because, as it turned out, they lost their ass on these shows. Really? Big time. Uh, it, 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 I've seen it reported anywhere from three hundred to six hundred thousand dollars, so a half million dollars basically lost. So, what do they do to kind of try to recoup loss? 
they hold the uh, all the equipment hostage hostage and <laughs> basically charge ransom for the equipment. Oh, and wow. there's a long story behind that and it involved a bunch of like legal wrangling and you know, it, 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 as a Kiss Nerd podcast, I should have all this detailed. But honestly, I, I, I find honestly it a didn't little find bit. A much, I didn't find a whole lot on like the, that part of the minutiae going through and looking at stuff. It, like, it, I, it, I know the story you're talking CK about. C.K. Lent's book, Kiss and Sell, mm-hmm. it details this to a greater degree. And yeah. Of course, I, I would require, you know, it's required reading for any self-professed kiss nerd <laughs> yeah because <laughs> we pull a lot of our information from a, a, a lot of these books mm-hmm. and so i mean i'm you know i'm i got a cop to where i'm yeah yeah you know learning this stuff and because i don't have a copy of it a lot of the stuff i pulled from is the uh, the gene book the paul book and kiss faq yeah and um so uh, if I if I understand it correctly, they ended up paying about a hundred thousand dollars to get their equipment back, which you know that cuts into I guess their take from the tour. I think they still did pretty well overall. But yeah, those overseas shows had to have at least covered a good bit of it. And those shows are at the end of June, and by July they're in the studio starting the work for the next album. Um, I have it listed as a place called Right Track Studios, which I'm not familiar with. No, there's not even a link for it or anything like that. And I'm like, okay, well, that shows, again, cost-cutting measures probably at play. Small, little, independent, maybe, studio. And um, using the same producer and... Michael, Michael James, James Jackson. I'm yes. sure a lot of the same kind of the same mindset and approach is at play as what was on Creatures of the Night. Uh, the only fundamental difference here is they have a guitar player. Yeah, and, and Vinny is actually co-writing a lot of the stuff. So they've got Vinny, Vinny, Vinny Cusano, who they have, of course, we talked redubbed Vinny Vincent. Yes, one of the most brilliant stage names ever. <laughs> what in the fuck were they thinking with that shit? It's it's, that it's at least like, a step better. No, it's not. Than Vinny, Mick Fury. Vin- yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Mick, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Vinny Vincent, I mean, come on. His time but is very short. Let's let's talk a little bit about Vinny Vincent just to kind of get a background on yeah. on his history, who he was, where he came from, uh, from Connecticut. Seems like a Bridgeport, Connecticut, from what I understand. He came from a um, kind of a middle-class, upper-middle-class background. Mm-hmm. Um, talented musician uh in the uh, 70s he played in a band that was on i think epic records called treasure and the uh other key member in treasure was a former member of the young rascals felix cavalier who was you know they did the song groove in and um oh help me here i'm having a brain fart so uh, good love good, good love yeah. thank you god damn it why do I, I just I, I, so I had literally just gotten the page up when you were saying it it's like my eyes just clicked a treasure and right next to it it said good love and okay, so i got you treasure i i listened to treasure once a long time ago because i was curious about it and it left no impression on me whatsoever no uh there's a he played with dan hartman Dan Hartman would later on have success in the eighties with a single called uh, if I can dream about you from the sound of, or excuse me, streets of fire soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at this point, I don't, I don't know what else Dan Hartman had done. That was measurably successful. There's a video though of that. You can find on YouTube of one of his songs where Vinny's in the video with it, but you know, pre kiss without yeah. makeup. Um, I think his most notable thing though, happened in 1980. 
which was for uh, Vinnie Vincent playing or Cusano rather uh, it's when he moved to uh, LA and became a staff songwriter for the television series Jody Happy Days Chachi uh-huh. yes and, and Happy, Happy Days, Days yeah. which makes me wonder how much of input he had I don't know he got one co-write for a song called uh, Our Love Was Meant to Be mm-hmm. I watched Joni Love Chachi and that was like a big hit for like a nanosecond it was like it was a giant hit and then it was gone yeah it was canceled yep and I don't understand I don't know what the story is about because I was like so this would have been, yeah, 81, somewhere in there. So I would have been about 10 years old when that was, you know, it was a, obviously a Happy Day spinoff. Uh, you know, I guess it was good work if you could get it. Yeah, it says many of the series songs were written on Vinny's acoustic guitar while sitting at the Cunningham's kitchen table on the Happy Day set during off time on the show's rehearsal schedule. Yeah, that sounds like bullshit to me. It's a, it's a good story. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I like some of these... Uh, other band names that he's associated with like hunter warrior hitchhikers well, and heat we talked about warrior being mm-hmm. uh, i think it's some of the other members from angel i think yeah what was that? What? no or maybe it was new england it's one of those uh but that we, uh, we mentioned that in a previous episode yeah because yeah. yeah. yeah, we because we brought up and he was like which has a vinnie vincent yeah, vinnie, kind vinnie of thing it's like the yeah. first first or yeah vinnie kusano so it was like the first time his his wig kind of popped yeah. out of the corner and so looked around there they are. They're, 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 it's kind of he's already kind of moved into the circles he gets brought into the fold via adam mitchell who's yep. of course been co-writing songs with uh with kiss um it's interesting to note that Eric Carr, when he joined the band, they brought him in with a lot of fanfare, gave him a Porsche 911, and we're like, you're a rock star. Hell yeah. Thanks, Vinnie Vincent guy. gets brought in, and it's almost like this, like... It's like, you're in the band, but you're not a yeah, member, officially? Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he never, ever signs a contract to be a, a even a, an not employee. Once. Right. So that's, a, that's an important thing to note, because that's going to create, you know... A lot of a problems. Lot of frictions. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, it's funny that uh, as they go to record this album, I guess they management puts them in this low grade motel, and you know, it's kind of like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, <laughs> so now you're a quote unquote rock star, but you're you're not even in a, you know, from you're what I understand, they, they had them in a kind of now, you know, who, his definition of slum might be worse than ours. Because yeah, but still, we've all played in bands and stayed in some pretty skeevy oh, places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like but, you had some roommates, but none of them were the human kind. But <laughs> you, you are. I would think even now, if I were to get brought into an organization such as Kiss, I would expect a certain standard of living of everything being yeah. higher. You know, and I guess they they've got them in the equivalent of a Motel Six, or at least they like to. He seems to sell. It that way but it just goes to show though that that's how deeply cut that the the cost measures are at this point oh yeah and i wouldn't say that was the decision you know people are like gina paul stuck him in a flea bag motel gina paul didn't do shit management did this yep so you know uh it goes from the same conversation uh gene had a quote in his book talking about he's like you know and we kind of mentioned even last episode it was like you know maybe each person doesn't have to have a bodyguard Maybe we can yeah. get away with two bodyguards. Well, they didn't need a bodyguard at all because there's nothing here to... Well, he was just using that as an example. Um, do we want to talk about how they're changing first? Or you want, you, do we just want well, to go ahead and let's tackle this album? Well, I think the big thing that we should talk about before getting into the album is the decision to take off the makeup. Well, that decision hadn't been made yet. Really? I, okay, so this was I after I thought it recording. was made while the recording process was it going is, on. But it's it's it becomes formalized in, in August. But okay. so they're already in the studio recording this. 
And um, for all intents and purposes, it seems like everyone plays their parts on this record. Yeah, there's no additional uh, personnel except for uh, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, so like usually on the websites, it'll be like, and Gene didn't want to play bass on this song, you know, and oh, shit right, like right. that. I understand what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it seems like everyone played all their parts, <laughs> which was kind of miraculous. Yeah, unusual for a Kiss record in the last, uh, you know, few uh, years leading up to this. Well, um, so you want to go ahead and do this yeah might as well jump into this because uh, i i know uh this is the when's the last time any of y'all listened to this willingly yeah prior to (laughs) prior prior to prepping for this show hardly ever (laughs) quite frankly maybe when i was in high school uh grade school yeah (laughs) seriously well let's just let's let's go track by track here and let's get our impressions yep let's do it It, opening track exciter and for a, you know, quote-unquote, hair metal era Kiss record, it's a pretty solid opener. I think so, at least. I have it works as an opening track. Yeah. It's- yeah, I mean, I guess that, that would be the only thing it really works for. Everything else about it. Like, okay, here's here's the thing that I'm, I felt kind of confused on. And the reason why I say it feels like Creatures of the Night isn't even just the end of an era for the makeup, even musically, even though they're working with a cohesive band now. This song, to me, shows that we are not working with the same Kiss anymore. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. Like, to a point, you can stretch the song Creatures of the Night or War Machine and go, it's still, there's elements of Kiss here. To me, Exciter says and to coin what you've already said uh, in the past russ this hearing that drum intro and the guitar intro is the immediate version of k double uh, lowercase i s s to the all caps so so to me it may work as an opener but it does also immediately signify we are no longer dealing with any resemblance of the old band i want to i want to talk more about that hopefully i'll remember this i, I do this hold that sp- Hold that thought yeah, because yeah, yeah. I want to come back to it. But but then we, <laughs> we always forget. But right. I'm, I'm going to come back. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah. I you know I, I the, it uses a lot of the same kind of rhythmic elements as the the creatures of the night title track, right? Yeah, yeah it, it has that that clipped uh, that chugging yeah, uh, kind of which he starts using a lot and a lot of stuff from going forward here. I don't know if that's his device that he's come up with, or if that's a Vinny thing, because Vinny gets the co-write on most all of these songs. Yeah. It's interesting. He's got co-write on this, but he does not play the lead. They got Rick Derringer doing lead. Why? I do not know. Yeah. That's a random choice. Mr. Rock and roll. Hoochie coo. Yeah. I don't know if they're just trying to illustrate as by point of order that they can do this to, to get Vinny to understand his place, his role, maybe, which just seems unnecessary. It seems wholly unnecessary. Um, the next track, not for the innocent. Oof. See, this is where, <laughs> so Gene's songwriting, Paul talks about this in his book a lot, where Gene's songwriting just declines. In the, I mean, uh, Paul 80s is era. a fine one to talk, but I at know, the same but... time, oof, yeah. the lyrics to this song. Yeah. <laughs> that is bad. Or like that one vocal part where it just kind of holds that uh, note over and over and over again before the chorus. That da 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 I was like, "All right, we get it, Gene. Calm hey, down. We got one out of we got one out of cap now. <laughs> there you go, Barry. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, like, I'm going to tan your hide, rip your flesh off your bones, look in the eye, you're going to turn to stone, you're going to turn to stone. It's like, but earlier, he's singing, I'm mean and dirty, like none you've ever seen. Bad habits drip like honey, no tongue can lick me clean. It's supposed to be a sex song, like lock up your daughters. I don't think think it's a... You better lock up your daughters, we're coming to your town. I understand that, but I don't hear it that way. But I'm I'm, going to get to that point, too. Okay. But let me just say right right now, to me, this might be the best song on the album. (laughs) All right. For me. Okay. I, I think, and I and I, I listened to it even as a kid. I was thinking, well, this should have been the title track. This should have been their title track, and this is a song they could have carried over to play live. Would have been a better album to me, title. It works. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. This should have been the album yeah, yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the, uh, not for the innocent. Uh, I, I, just, I thought you meant like the album opener. Sorry. No, 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 no. I think this has a better title than "Lick It Up." Yeah. You know. Mm. So, uh, you know, I, I like this song. Honestly, I do. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree. And yeah. I think that this, this, this is the hard break, one of the hard breaks they make between what they were to what they become. And we'll talk more about that here and in a minute. And it's purely musically because... Even no, it's th- lyrically, too, I'm saying. The lyrics yeah. that you come up with. I don't think the lyrics were quite as stupid. I mean, they've come up with some dumb lyrics, <laughs> I mean, and they've gets- come up with some misogynist lyrics. But it always had the feel that, you know... There was a, a kind of a co co participation with yeah. whatever they're, whoever they're talking about, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, let's we'll get to that. Let's yeah. let's keep it. Let's kind of keep this moving. Um, lick it up, the title track. Now uh, you talk about uh, not for the innocent being a a better what could have been a title track or a better title track. I totally agree with that because I have never liked lick it up ever. <sighs> you know what? That's what I wrote my notes. Never liked it. Not then. Not now. No way. And here's, I've got a lot to say about Lick It Up, but I've kind of, I can kind of compress it down into it's perfectly summarized in Paul's book. He's, he praises this song so much in his book, talking about that he was just on fire and, you know, coming off that, you know, finding out his ex had gotten remarried already and all this stuff and, and wanting to write a macho song, you know, write what he was, you know, the opposite of what he was feeling. And like, it's praising this song for just like kickstarting him into, you know, getting back into, you know, stage Paul Stanley. Really? This boring one chord song with stupid lyrics was your like coming out I'm ready to fucking kick ass again song? This, what? I, they, the this way, is your coming out of I Still Love You? Apparently this was also one of the last tracks written yeah. as, as an idea that they needed to write something as a single. Yeah. And I'm like this? I mean. There's nothing really catchy or interesting on this song. I hate that middle I guess the bridge part where they break down and they go whoo. <laughs> I know it's so I stupid. That. I hated it then. I hate it now. I'm like, it doesn't. It's if it's like it, it, I don't. I, there's certain things I do like in this song. There's a couple of little things I can't really. I can't hum it or whatever. Oh, like, I like the little the, guitar. No, well that's okay. But when they when he's playing out, it's almost like he's picking out notes. Oh right, ding ding. Oh right, no, but it's it's. I don't know. Are you talking about the jangly bit right before the oh or dun 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 dun? That's okay. There's little elements of stuff that's like okay. If you took that, you got something to start with. Yeah, but 
it, it doesn't do anything. And I like the trade-off vocal between him and... and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's... I'm okay with all that. I, I love when bands do stuff like that. So, I was, uh, you know, I'm like, well, that's good. Yeah. But overall, yeah, this song, man, this song fucking sucks. And, and ever since and it I got into... And I don't know anyone that likes it. And for some reason, it's become... Like the biggest 80s hit that became, you see on... Well, like, it's not even a hit, but it's like... It, it's well, for the, their live shows. For, yeah, they continue to play it. And I'm like... I don't know anyone that goes, oh, fuck, yeah, look it up. I mean, that's the was, best song on that album. Say, well, we don't know anyone personally, but I will I'm tell sure you on are. that goddamn Kiss Cruise, as soon as you well, hear... everyone knows it, and they just play along. But, I mean, I, why could that not have been Not For The Innocent just as easily? Yeah. We don't know. It's just what got shoveled down and forced into your throat, because that's True. what was chosen as the single. Um, and the do we want to talk about the video on, to that? I mean, Let's kinda, talk about the yeah. video. Yeah, because I... <laughs> I think it was direct... Well, no, I was going to say something really bad. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get us canceled, Russ. <laughs> no, that that video, though... It's like the uh, time in the early 80s where like every hard rock band had to have the post-apocalyptic yes. fucking uh, backdrop. Yes. Okay, look, they look like four drag queens trying to cop dope on the lower <laughs> east side do. they really do and gene looks so awkward <laughs> well he doesn't the- have he doesn't have to you know what um let's wait on this for a minute before we go <laughs> into this, i should be its own finish. segment the videos yeah, let, after we, we, the tracks let's finish let's finish the tracks and then we'll come back come back to that because it goes into the overall look that they yeah, adopt yeah we're right, i want to talk right. about that after we finish talking about the songs um the next track young and wasted it's so just like disingenuous of Gene because he's never wasted. I mean, he's no, famously but he's sober. Not, he's not saying he's. It's about yeah, it's singing about, somebody yeah. else. Oh, okay. So and it's, it's almost like a you know you're blowing it, kid, kind of thing. I think this is a cool song. I like the song. I like the riff. I like. I I, I've, I was. I'm plugging back into this for the first time in a long time, and I found that this was surprisingly strong. Mm. I like Gene's vocals on everything he does on this record. Sound completely shredded. They and I do. don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't know what he's doing, but it's in, in a good way, not in a bad way. Yeah. It just sounds really cool. I think it's almost like almost like a kind of a banshee version of Gene Simmons. I love the vocals he does on this record, even if I don't like all the songs per se. Um, but um, and they're doing a good job trying to keep it tight between the lines. They, you know, they're trying to redefine themselves as a heavy metal act, and this this is one of the more successful efforts to that end. Now, Especially with as, Gene's vocal too. As a Kiss song, when I'm when I when I when I relate this song, I'm 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 uh, ranking it against old kiss. Yeah. And that's where I realized that while I was doing the homework for this record is you know, you gotta we gotta remember that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That band is gone. And they're not even you know, to me it's you know, they're trying to build this new identity as a new kind of band, which we'll we'll talk more here when we summarize the whole album. Yeah. But and I, honestly my thoughts on the song is kind of what I actually just had to do. I had to listen to a second of it. Just, just to remember it? To remem- it's, to me, it's very <laughs> forgettable. Um, yeah, That's the problem yeah. with a lot of tracks on this record. But. Yeah, it's like, because I was kind of reading, as soon as I realized I couldn't immediately pull the riff to my head, I was like, oh, fuck, how much of this album did I already forget from like listening to right. it for the past week or two? And like that one and one more that'll come up, I'm like, oh, 
I might need to quit. Yeah. Like, I'll, I, it's like I have to just hear like two seconds that I'll remember it, but like looking at the title does not call back. So yeah, I think I, but no see, strong I think, opinion, just kind of forgettable. See, I think it was a pretty strong track personally, but well, I will say, um, good drums on it, which overall it's kind of nice hearing Eric really come into himself well, on this I, record. I tell you what's interesting: the drums aren't as pronounced as they are on Creatures of the Night. They don't have quite that. as good of a drum sound. Everyone not talks about how drum sound. His drums. I don't think he's so much a powerful playing as they just are very well recorded yeah and the drum sound on creatures of the night seems a lot better than on this oh absolutely it is a different drum sound but you know working with different bands there's a difference between someone that plays the drums and someone that smacks the shit out Mm -hmm. of the drums eric hit the drums and you could hear it on songs like young and wasted where he's just it's like it sounds very power his movement is powerful here's something else i noticed this time listening to it that i had not noticed before and maybe it was just the 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 speakers i was listening to it through is on the kick drum uh i can hear and i don't know if it's mixed this way or if it's just I don't know the sonic whatever blah blah blah. I'm not an engineer, but I could hear the beater click. You can yeah. against the which is unusual. You usually don't get that. They try to mix that out so mm-hmm. you just get the boom of the bass rather yeah. than the kick. This has that kind of bright kick sound like uh, what uh, like modern Me- metal or something like that. Metallica yeah. had that sound on their Injustice for All album. The, yeah, the kick drums were less more the cl- with, were less the boom of the of the drum and more just the beat of the hammer on the the skin. The click. Yeah, and I heard that a lot on this. Um, but that's not a complaint. It's just different. You know, I it, don't. It might also be a product of the cheaper recording. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering if maybe it's just had something to do with the studio or whatever. Um, but it's not near as good of a drum sound as what they had on Creatures. I'd agree so with that, that doesn't too. serve Eric very well. But I mean, you know, that's not to say anything against his playing. It's yeah. just the sound. Um, give me more. Yeah, this one's. <laughs> All right, here's this lyric. Uh, like a dog to a bone, make you sweat, make you moan. Love is sweet, so insane. Come, Come on, on, lick, lick my, my candy cane. cane. <laughs> y'all had remembering that, I'm remembering that like, and I love how both Christ of y'all had that written down. Lady, really, this is the absolute worst kiss song that, so far that I, that I that I know. Because I, I got to quantify lyrics. that. I got to quantify that by saying. You know, there's there's a couple there's one at least one entire Kiss album that I don't know, but maybe one song off of, right? Because I but there was a point where I was just like, you know what, Geronimo, I'm out. You know, uh, hot in the shade. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, well, so that's going to be completely pretty much new to me when we get to it. But to thus far, to all the Kiss songs that I know, all the albums that I've ever heard, if I had to go, what's the absolute worst Kiss song ever? Give me more. The <laughs> dumbest fucking bullshit. It's like, who the fuck wrote this and why? Well, it was... Uh, what the fuck? Fallen Vinny. Because yeah. even as a teenager, even then, it's like my... And I was not like... Like I said, I don't think of myself as like a smart kind of whatever kind of kid. I was pretty average. And even then, I was like... You know, my eyes were just rolling. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, man. This is dumb. It's yeah. like, And it's kind of insulting because it's like... It's like you you wrote pla- well you didn't write Plaster Caster Gene did but uh, you know there's fun sex songs that Kiss said that you could laugh Caster at. Plaster Caster is dumb but it's clever dumb you yeah know? <laughs> it, it's the fine line between stupid and clever you know mm-hmm. ladies I mean, we, room it's the, yeah that that's 
room you service know, there's there's some there's a there's a kind of a it's a cheeky quality to that mm-hmm. as opposed to this i mean they're do- delivering this stuff with like sincerity like oh we mean it now oh yeah and it's like i'm new single no. paul lick my candy cane <laughs> <laughs> it's just dumb what's your thought on this anything has exact same thing my comment was going to be the lyrics y'all gave is this this album is ripe with those kind of like bullshit lyrics, but there's even worse coming up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so Gene Simmons, evidently, a lot of people didn't know he became the Kool Aid Man. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered why no one's ever done like a visual mashup of that. Well, you know well, what? That's because. Barry. Fate decided it was going to be you, Alex. You're going to do that. Uh, All Hell's Breaking Loose. This is primarily written by Eric Carr, but is credited to all four. Yeah. And let me just go ahead before y'all say what y'all are going to say. <laughs> it's clearly patterned. If, if you take all the lyrics away from it and look at it from a musical aspect, very obviously patterned after Led Zeppelin's The Ocean. Yeah. I can hear that. Just those. Dun, 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 it's very, very much that. And they've even gone so far as to say almost without saying it. I've seen quotes saying, you know, they kind of were, and they were kind of, it's almost like they, Paul Stanley likes to shit on Eric Carr a lot. I don't know if you ever noticed that when he talks about him. Mm-mm. Um, and he just always seems to always take little, like, it's not like big hits, but it's like a lot of little, like, rubber bands he's like shooting rubber bands at Eric Carr all the time and he talks about this being I forget what the quote was something about it being uh, you know kind of a a replication or something like that of of something you already know blah 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 because their whole thing was like we want somebody that knows their uh, British music that can play that can well, do mean, the double kick thing you know kind of like John Bottom and I really like John Bottom well then like he comes in saying. with this rewrite of the ocean basically and then what does Paul do to it he raps. <laughs> he kind of, yeah. But what do y'all think of this? It's, it's one of the stronger tracks overall on the album for yeah, me. It, the, that's the thing is I, I do give this song a little bit of hell, but if I do have to be honest, it's one of the better songs. It is. And and I, and I it's goofy because of Paul's delivery. It does have a little bit of that talky, rappy vibe, and I think it even is backed up by the music with the rhythm he chose mm. with the vocal. It, all of a sudden, those little do 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 moments, you start feeling like the rapture kind of ding a ding a ding. You almost kind of catch that little what vibe that what goes with. It? Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> Barry can use it. <laughs> I am no, we're, cool. so, we're so self conscious about it. I'm not anymore. I, I, I don't fucking care. I think, it I, think uh, I think it works. I never really heard it as a rap song. A lot of people probably it's, hear it that way. Yeah, I didn't hear it, it that just way has it a little because bit. that that kind of um, that that little way of doing stuff a rap thing i mean talking in songs that's nothing new that's not a new concept doing it the way he's doing it it doesn't feel like they were trying to met, marry themselves to this new burgeoning rap thing at all so either. i think it just it just fell out that way yeah but what i be, think it works i think you know what be this and what be that well, <laughs> hey, why you gotta look like that hey man I don't know I, if I want to listen. Hey man, to this, I'm cool. I'm the breeze. I'm the breeze. I'll see if y'all follow this one. <laughs> if I want to listen to this song, I'd rather just listen to uh, "Too Young to Fall in Love." To me, those songs share a lot of oh, similarities. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to talk about Motley Crue here in a minute. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is kind of the same tempo. <laughs> See what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always kind of correlated wanna, those wanna, two. Wanna, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that because okay. I do want to talk a little bit about them here shortly. Um, 
But I like the song. I think it's one of the stronger yeah, songs on the album. I goof on it, but it is probably one of I mean, the stronger not, ones. Nothing on this album is something that I'm going to go to on regular rotation. No. No. But there's the, the you know the ones I say I like are songs that could pop up, and I wouldn't necessarily feel the, compelled to go, ah, oh, fuck that, and skip it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or anything like that. Um, a Million to One. Stinker to me. I do not like A Million to One. There, there seems okay. to be a few people that kind of wave the flag for it. I'm not one of those people. I'm going to wave the flag for it. Okay. And not to the degree that you think. Okay. But I think this is, uh, it's surprisingly mature and only say surprisingly because everything else on this album is so done. <laughs> yeah. Juvenile. It's so fucking juvenile that this isn't even necessarily that much more mature, you know, but it's at least but something. it sounds like it compared to everything else on the record. I could Plus, see that. I could see this as being a single. I don't understand why this wasn't chosen as a single because it's, this is the dawning of the era of the power ballad. Yeah. And this really isn't a ballad per se, but it checks all the boxes it of like your eighties, uh, hard rock hits. Yeah. You and know? it seems like it's something that had more, more of a commercial appeal certainly than the lick it up track yeah you know paul kind of references this song as him lying to himself and kind of being like the no one could love you as good as i can he's like it doesn't matter what his you got to remember once you've written something you put it out there it doesn't have to be a reflection of who you are as long as it's a genuine reflection of something honest and Mm -hmm. that's part of what makes why i give this song this you know i'm tagging it quote unquote mature right because it feels like a genuine thing even if it isn't it doesn't matter if somebody has gone through that in their life right you know it's a real emotion it's a real feeling mm-hmm. it's that you know it's jealousy and anger and whatever towards the, whatever whatever you know? i mean yeah. but that's that's where you know that's where you write the songs from yeah you know it's 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 all a variation of the blues really at the end of the day right yeah yep. so this works for me and i think it would have been a cool single and i think it would have worked for them as a single provided they followed certain other parameters that we'll talk about shortly but uh, i like that modulation on the code at the end where they kind of yeah, I do too. It, you know, and it fades out on that part. I'm like, man, that's a cool part. They should have put yeah. that in the again, song somewhere that's else. Part of those, like, you know, part of that checkbox for every like hard rock song in mm-hmm. the '80s. But it, but it works. Mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, fits like a glove. And this is where the album just tanks <laughs> from yeah. here on out. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here is the song with the infamous lyrics: a poetry hot knife through butter. <laughs> yeah, because I'm gonna to go be. through her like a hot knife. <laughs> Through butter. But the thing is, it's like, but that that's the line that always gets pulled out. But opening it up, and ain't a cardinal sin, baby, let me in. Girl, I'm going to treat you right. Well, goodness uh, sakes, uh, my snake's alive. But, it's ready to bite. Okay, you know what? Oh, my God. <laughs> what, what do you think? I mean, it's trash, but... You know, I don't expect anything less from Gene in this time period, this quite song frankly. This is complete you know? trash. This is a completely stupid fucking... Utterly unredeeming, nothing good about it at all. Nothing clever. Night what? scenes, wet dreams, enough this, to oh, make you drool. Like, 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 <laughs> I, like is, is, is there like a like a fourteen year old somewhere? Like, oh yeah, oh, this yeah. is my jam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, who is this for? I don't know, but uh, you know, but maybe if this was a younger band. Maybe it would work for a younger band because there's no other life experience for them to draw on. But I guess, for a, feel the heat, driver's seat. A, my blessing is my curse. I'm gonna burst. I'm gonna burst. Oh my! <laughs> well, you know. No, you, but, but you notice Gene Simmons is the solo uh, songwriting. No credits. one else wanted yeah. to take credit for this. <laughs> it's like no Gene. That is all you. 
<laughs> what were you going to say, Russ? Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> to be fair, is this any less stupid than Larger Than Life? It's The lyrics are very similar. It's basically the same so thing. We forgive Larger Than Life, even though those are objectively stupid lyrics, too. My lo- he, Well, he says his love is larger than life in that one. Yeah. This one, he's like, I'm going to burst like, babe, I'm yeah, going to come. I'm, you know? I'm, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a lot more on the explicit. nose. Yeah, I, I just, I, I don't disagree. I think it's, yeah. it feels twice as sleazy coming from a middle-aged Yeah, from kiss. somebody that's I mean, like, kiss is we're, we're, we're talking about, yeah, these guys are in their mid-30s, and it's like, they're pushing middle age, and they're still writing these dumb fucking moral you know it's like at this point you know that the 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 tail is being caught by the head and it's not gonna songs like this are why nirvana happened (laughs) oh oh, actually i just was reading the lyrics a little bit more intently just kind of like studying them i just realized something Mm. this is the sister song to nothing to lose yeah. No, exa- baby, baby, I guess you win the prize. Maybe, baby, where the sun never shines. Oh, boy. Oh, he's oh, so edgy. He's so edgy. God, gee, you're the, so edgy. Where thi- did you... God, I mean, if I only could be like you. The thing is, though, that those lines musically in the song that's the one part i like because that's the there's there's stuff in there that can redeem it yeah that could have there's like potential there i'm not but yeah but But that's like the one little lyrics kill this thing oh god but you know but let let, let's keep it going because now we're going to go into dance all over dance all over your face face. another Another singular solitary credit (laughs) yep (laughs) to, to the singular solitary talent that is Gene Simmons. <laughs> this song is beyond stupid. And it's hypocritical for me to say how stupid it is. But I love this fucking song. I am not going to lie. I fucking thought, I just, man, this song is. This is, is the other one I forget. So I have to goddamn take a listen stupid. To it for a second. But it's like, this is where the, the glorious stupidity is in play, where I'm just like. I don't. I don't even know why I like this song. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I do remember I this like one. Everything now. about it, except for the, <laughs> the lyrics, are just completely fucking stupid. But I, I mean, I like that shredded vocal. He's just basically screaming, especially at the end. That's the and one thing I like, give Gene on this record is that uh, vocal delivery that he no, gives. All this that, that totally fits with the times and everything. But here, let's talk about then. Let's go back to this now. I said we're going to come back to this this, this this idea of just openly misogynistic lyrics. Yeah, I mean, really. Were they any less misogynistic in the 70s? And I say, yeah, a little bit. I'm not saying they, that they weren't misogynistic, whatever. Yeah. But this just seems like, I mean, it has this kind of creepy, rapey vibe to it. It does. Yes. The other songs don't have. It's like, Even with you're going to take it and like it. Bitch, and they say bitch <laughs> yeah. now as as a as a means to like they're calling women bitches. Whereas the only time they use bitch prior that I can recall is under thousand years where they're using it in. Or it a, must have been a bitch. Yeah, when, yeah, which yeah. Is just yeah. it was just a hard exclamation. Time. You know, where life's a bitch. Which I mean, that might seem like a cheap way of defending that, but I mean now they're just saying listen, bitch. You know. Yeah. Well, you can sink your teeth into this, this bitch. Like, you know, it's ugh. like, oh, you're so tough. I mean, it's fucking, and I, I think that's one reason why I've never really been keen on using the word bitch because it, I think they taught they taught me how stupid it is when you use it like that. And, and he uses, and they were the, trying to be cool, and, and I, I didn't think yeah, it was uses, cool. He, he uses a second. Yeah, I was gonna say I found I, I remember it a second time, and that one was. Um, 
uh, you played your hand and now you lose. Well, listen, bitch, I've got the news. Yeah, this just it's just got a weird, creepy, rapey vibe to it. Yes, I, just I saw don't... you with another man and you put me in disgrace, so I'm going to dance, dance all over your face. Yeah, but, you know, again, like I said, what am I supposed to do when I sit there and go, God, this song's actually kind of cool. I, I, I don't know why, but I really like it. Hey, baby. So, you know. See, hey, baby, and, can I mean, you pass I don't, the quiz? And obviously, you know, I just I have a hard time buying this coming from these guys because of just just what Kiss was prior. Because everything felt celebratory in the past. You know, it's like yeah. for whatever, whatever. I don't know what the what, what words you would use here. But, I mean, for whatever the bravado or whatever, it seemed like in the songs, the girls always still had a control over the situation, you know? Even oh, yeah. And here it's like, okay. no, I'm going to dance all over your face. Okay. I'm gonna Even blah, blah, blah. I'm probably one of guy. the most objectively cringy or goofy lyrics from the 70s off one of your favorite records. Uh, put your hand in my pocket yeah, and yeah, grab yeah. onto my rocket. He's telling her well, to do it. Yeah, so it's not, still her it's not, choice, yeah, though. Yeah. He's not, it's not I like mean, a forcing thing. We're analyzing this. It is, but it is still a different but that's mindset. Like, to me, that's still just like backseat fumbling exactly that, it's that's fun, fun stuff and, and, and you know this whatever. doesn't sound this, fun this doesn't sound fun at all it's just, <laughs> everything it's just really dark and it's just creepy and it's twice as creepy because again it's not it's not even you know these are grown ass fucking men it's three times as creepy you know? when you look at and, the guy singing it and with, the heavy metal, <laughs> and with the heavy metal undertones it sounds a little bit more earnest you and know? then so I almost I, you know, I don't but I almost feel kind of guilty but I just I still <laughs> love this fucking song I think this is one of the best songs on the album because it's just it's so snotty sounding you know it's like got that sneer to it that, yeah. that kind of saves it. it's almost like he's acknowledging yeah I'm singing this just sleazy shit <laughs> and just the fact that it's delivered in such a sleazy way is probably the only thing that gives it any kind of salvation but i like the song i do i'm not gonna lie all right so moving on to the closing track i haven't skipped nothing and on I? the eighth day yeah, yeah we're on and on the eighth day this is a kind of a downbeat for a closer yeah right and, and again not dumb cringy lyrics but dumb like and on the eighth day god created it's, rock like okay well, cringy think, and like it's cringy and that's like that they're trying to do like the whole rock and roll all night thing or it's trying to keep that persona on this record somehow but, but it, we talked about like on the last album too there's nothing that was anthemic except for maybe I Love It Loud there's nothing yeah. that's like you know this this feels more like a funeral march it does it's it, you know and I think the inspiration probably came from what they would end up covering which was uh, God Gave Rock and Roll to You I was say mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it's similar and I would say it's too similar to not have drawn its, but its cue from that because that song obviously was very older. But much I've older seen so song. many terrible hair metal bands that would write songs like this too, like on VH1 Classic. It was like rock and roll is you know uh, the b- best thing ever. Blah yeah, blah blah. We're all here to rock and roll. It's a rock and roll party. We're rock and rollers, and we're gonna rock and roll and do rock and rolly things. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it gets and it gets kind of corny, and this is kind of corny. I like this song. I do, but but Uh I don't think it's a great song, and I wouldn't point to it going, you know, oh, what's some non-makeup Kiss songs that are great? I wouldn't go, oh, you need to make make sure you don't miss the and on the eighth day, (laughs) (laughs) you know. But I could see this song; it works in its own context to a degree. But like I said, it just it's weird because it it, it's almost like they're reaching for anthem, but they come up with this, like I said, a funeral march. It's like yeah, and it sounds almost like a and coming at the end of the album, it almost sounds like they're saying, well. Goodbye. 
Yeah. <laughs> and know? on the eighth day, we left. Uh, you know, yeah. we, you know we're, we're, we've done our thing. Legends never die, but we're going to, you know, fade off into the sunset. And, you know, and, you know, I almost wish they had, because in a very real sense, Kiss, as we have known it, you know, clearly has, you know. Yeah. You know, so overall, this album makes for what they're trying to do. It makes for a decent heavy metal album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, hell, I, they can't even agree with their own lyrics. Something you brought up earlier that you didn't uh, mention this time was in um, All Hell's Breaking Loose, the lyrics, we won't change or, or rearrange. rearrange. But they're doing that. They're doing just that. So that's what I wrote. I'm like, here, this is this album demonstrates a band that is completely unsure of their own identity or relevance. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do everything they can now to follow whatever trend is coming down that's popular, and they want to keep up and look like they're cool, and they're yep. with it, and we know what's going on. But they're always still about – and they're not even a year late, but they're probably about six months behind everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Molly Which, Crew's already out, and, and Def Leppard, and – You know, and then the question is, you know, like heavy metal in this time, and I can remember this, really has become an established kind of um, – youth movement mm-hmm. you know Very kids are really so. you know have have identified that we are in we're heavy metal you know heavy metal is for the young and and what's if it's Kiss too is loud for, you're too old and what's well they coin they're generally credited with coining that term but i don't know whether or not shout it out loud uh, that, yeah. but you know what's kiss's place in this youth movement youth movement of heavy metal easy for me to say blah, 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 blah. <laughs> or do they even need a place in it because obviously they feel they do right and at one point, Kiss never felt like the need to be part of any. They were Kiss. They mm-hmm. they and the, the thing that made Kiss so great was again. I've said this a million times. I hate to sound like a broken record, but it existed in its own self-contained context. It didn't have to be relevant to anything. It was everything else had to be relevant to it. Right. Yes. You know. And now that's gone. And so, what do we got? What we got is this anonymous heavy metal band more so because now there's not even four identifiable members yeah well we didn't even talk about the taken makeup off yet well we're gonna get to that yeah that's part of what i'm gonna mention here is just um you know they 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 have a potential for crossover appeal Mm -hmm. as a mainstream hard rock act it seemed like to me that their best bet would have been to maintain their trajectory, and it would have been more on par with something like Loverboy, who were a more successful band, mm-hmm. or maybe even Night Ranger, who were a new band that were also enjoying greater success than Kiss at that point in yeah. time. And I'm not saying they sounded like that or should sound like that, but I'm just saying of that kind of ilk, yeah. because that's what they do really well. But instead, it's like they're trying to be more of a macho, you know, this everything that we've just talked about that this album that doesn't mm-hmm. work on this album and it's like i don't know instead of uh trying to be you know continue to be kiss and let the world relate to them they're trying to relate to the world as a heavy metal band but they come across as like an over-the-hill aging dinosaur <laughs> they act. do yeah and you know and they can do better and that's why I get so upset about this stuff. It's like people are like, why does he get so mad? Because it's like I'm watching my favorite band descend into this kind of music that I think fucking sucks. It's also like the thing of like, you know, I have a younger sister, so I've seen the pain of like watching the parent looking at the smart kid doing something dumb and just being like, stop, you're smarter than this. You're smarter you than this. Yeah, yeah. you've got the potential to do so much better. And it's uh-huh. like instead it's like, no, we're going to do this. And it's. 
No, you know, mom, we're gonna take our makeup off. Yeah, <laughs> it's well, like, and, no, and you're became, smarter than this. That's one of those things where it became embarrassing to be a Kiss fan after a minute. You know, I talk about you know how we had VH1 Classic back in the day, and uh, we watched the metal shows. And anytime a Kiss video would come on, that'd be the human previous channel button. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's a band I really it was a band I really liked from a certain area that era that you know, like you mentioned, just kind of deteriorated into like a pile of cliches it's, that's, that, thank <laughs> yes, you that's everything perfect. they do really is, is cliche as fuck now yep. they in, in, there's cliches that they invented <laughs> yeah that's different <laughs> that's the that other bands made cliche and that's then they've lost sight of that they were the fucking cliche makers now yeah. they're, they're, they're the cliche takers yes <laughs> and it's and it's hard to watch because it's like man they those guys codified and and basically made a self-institutionalized theatrical rock act mm. i mean yeah cooper had done it bowie had done it whatever but no one had done it to the level of kiss and no one would ever do it as good as kiss ever again i mean they did it so well they took it to a level that no one i mean it like I said it's self-contained context no one could do it and no one should do it and they should never have stopped it didn't matter if it stopped being successful for them they should have just bided their time and waited it out but instead in well, they're worried about getting giraffe boy right in yeah. august well that that's a fair thing to say but in august well you know they decide to take the makeup the formal decision to remove the makeup is made in mid-august i have read but i've never seen and i don't know if this is true or not that there were photo sessions done for the album cover in makeup that they were still planning moving forward to that point and then but they got to the to the zero hour and were like Okay, are we going to do this? Because they, you know, Paul had been opting for this for a while, mm-hmm. and now I think he got backing support. They brought in, like we talked about, Danny Goldberg had been brought in as a, as a consultant, mm-hmm. and I think he was a big proponent. Going, hey, y'all might want to think about this. Well, I so think- there's there's two full photo sessions that were done for Lick It Up, uh, and you can tell that one of them they were a little bit more dressed down, like they still look nice, but it it wasn't like you know all put together like what we see in the final cover i want to say the story was when they showed up to do the makeup photo test or the makeup uh photo for the cover oh they did some polaroids just to see just to see before they put their makeup on just being like how let's let's just try it and see that kind of thing that goes into that whole image that they're going to now present because Mm -hmm. on the cover of lick it up they're in their essentially, I guess, what would be their street clothes. Yeah, right. The look on that cover is what should have translated to the stage, in my opinion. It, it was eccentric enough, enough, but not over the top. Yeah. And if you're going to do the alternative to what you'd been doing, that was it. Yeah. Because that looked cool to me. Mm-hmm, that was fine. I'm like, that looks like a rock band, and it looks like a rock band of the time, but it still had a kind of a timeless quality mm-hmm. to it because they weren't doing any. But by the time they take it to the stage, they look like a fucking anonymous bar band with like <laughs> yeah. shredded T-shirts and like bandanas and dumb mm-hmm. shit. And it's like, because and that just screams even more that they don't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> it's like not only do we not know what we want to do or how to do it, but we're going to look like any band you can walk into a bar going, "We're rock and roll. And look, the, we got bandanas and shredded t-shirts and, and Nike the, tennis shoes." And the one who's transitioned, who was uh, was the worst in my opinion, was Jeans. Yeah, but Gene, I mean, again, on the cover of the record, 
You know, he's wearing that leather sport coat mm-hmm. and everything. He, I mean, that he looks a cool. white button up. He looks fucking cool. If, With the again, tongue out and everything just that, to keep that yeah, identity that, going. That, that is what sold that. I can remember seeing that album cover for the first time, not knowing that they had taken their makeup off. Mm-hmm. It thumb, you know, We would go to the record store, thumb through the records to see, you know, that's how we found out there was a new record. Because, yeah. you know, we were, I was young. I didn't yeah. know advertising and shit. And I remember seeing that and and stopping and shoving everything back and running out of the record store like I'd seen something I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> you know, I, I, my brain just couldn't process it, and it just I was so it was like it was like being told Santa Claus wasn't real. You know, it's like, like when this happened, you you knew eventually that this reality was going to hit you. Yeah, but damn it, you know, you just took away one of the last few things that I had, you know. my It was like... Man, it was, now, at any point when you looked at the record, did you think, or did you just know immediately that has to be them without makeup? Oh, because Gene's tongue, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I didn't know if there was like that, that split second of maybe they just got four random people to pose for no, the cover. No, I don't think that ever occurred to me. I, I, I knew right away. I was just like... Oh. It was just such a, you know, I think I was just so, I was in shock because I was just so disappointed. What was your reasoning for why they did it at the time? Like your teenage kid reasoning? I don't know that I even thought that deeply into it. Yeah. You know, I guess it made sense because they had the other two guys now. Mm -hmm. And I understand that logic and the reasoning was like, well, you know, we can't keep inventing new characters. I disagree. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I mean, to me, here's where we're at with what I think. If I were in their position at that point, I think of the story that is told in the book, Please Kill Me. Iggy Pop is playing, he's jamming with Ray Manzarek. And because of this, there's a story that I think it's a rumor that persists to this day that at some point, you know, The Doors made another album after Jim Morrison died. Yeah. Another, so maybe American more than one. Po- American Poet, right? Well, they made an album where... Where it's like a bunch of sound clips. of No, they made an album with Ray Manzarek singing. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I haven't heard that yet. Um, hmm. And the rumor was that they were going to get Iggy Pop to replace Jim Morrison. Now, at the time, as absurd as that sounds now, at the time, that was probably even more absurd. Yeah. Now, I don't think that was probably... I don't know what don't was happening. I don't but think that's, that's too far-fetched, really. But It really isn't, but people have they don't yeah that's just my that's just my perception (laughs) so the story goes though anyway the story goes they're jamming and iggy keeps going oh we need more guitar we need more guitar and and uh, finally raymond zirk's like all right i'm done there's no room for a keyboard anymore whatever you know and 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 i'm 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 probably mixing up stories here but the what i'm getting to is this point is uh, iggy's like "I, i can't abandon my audience yeah and of course raymond zirk goes what audience <laughs> this is where we're at now what does kiss have they're yeah. not kiss anymore they they've now they've dropped the makeup they've got two new members they're going for a stylistically a new approach mm-hmm. this is a new band yeah this isn't kiss and why the fuck do they even bother keeping the name at this point because it's like what they're going to abandon their audience what audience their last tour was a fucking colossal failure of playing shows to as little as 2,000 people. Yeah. And what we're going to look at here in a minute is they're about to do another tour of the exact identical thing. There is no audience. You're not Kiss anymore. Stop calling it Kiss. Yep. You've lost your fucking big rec- rec- record deal. You've lost your management. You've lost 
all your identity. You don't even have a band anymore, and you're not going to allow yourself to have a band anymore. And and what are we doing here? But Russ, <laughs> there's a new audience there of uh, teenage girls that are in that are accepting rock and roll as more of like a fun thing and coming that's, to shows. That's, okay, and- <laughs> that's what, well, look, and I'm talking about this rising culture of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. You know, more so now it's very pronounced, very defined. You're a heavy metal kid, whatever. Yeah. I don't think that was so much prevalent in the 70s because it was all just rock and roll. Yeah. And now things are getting a little more fragmented and it's like it's you know heavy metals. The thing. mirror got broken and now there's more separation and shards. So here's the other thing. They, their decision unmasked. Uh, also, they spent six years trying to get the copyrights on the face, the face paint, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. It took a lot to do because it, there was a lot of like you can't copyright your face paint that would be like bozo the clown copyrighting his face you know clown paint yeah but they got they did it that was a big yep. giant that was a huge score for bill of coin mm-hmm. and here what do they do and they, as soon as they get there it's gone, gone. <laughs> and what happens right at that exact moment nothing <laughs> enter motley crew mm-hmm. arguably the so don't tell me that that didn't work anymore because I can remember in 1983, kids coming up to me going, have you heard the, swear to God, this is the exact verbiage they used. Hey, man, have you heard the new kiss? And I go, what? They look it up? up? No, there's a new kiss. They're called mm. Motley Crue. They did the exact same shit with like the I'm face I swear to God, and, wow. I had, I mean, that was, that was the buzz through all the schools, man. And, and they, Motley Crue were doing that theatrical look at what is quite as, you know, obviously they weren't doing the face paint quite yeah, yeah. the same, but they were doing face paint. Mm-hmm. They were doing the costuming, mm-hmm. the whole nine Big yards. And, and, you know, uh, their album is released the same week. Okay. The first one, uh, Too Fast to Love. Too Fast to Love. No, Shout at the Devil. Shout at the Devil. Which released the same into- week as Lick It Up. Their album goes gold by January. And they lean. Shout out to the devil the, goes gold by January and is platinum by February seventh. God damn. And they lean more into the uh, the devil stuff, you know, or or well, the, the dark satanic whatever. thing. Whatever. I album. mean, all of it worked. That packet, everything that Kiss had done, and they took it a little darker and made it maybe a. I mean, you know, it's all theatrical. It's all yeah, put on. It's all it ruse. But it's it appeared to be more extreme, mm-hmm. but only because Kiss had pulled back so far mm-hmm. away from it. Motley Even Crew Kiss, and- as it existed before they dropped the makeup, had pulled so. Far far back away from it yeah you know motley Crue just came on as younger tougher and more real yeah, yeah. even and though they weren't this what were, they appeared but it's all about what the perception is but kiss's perception putting out there was not that no kiss are putting out and they're trying to keep up with these stupid songs like dance all over your face mm-hmm. and you know listen bitch and all that dumb shit <laughs> Like but, a hot knife through butter. But, yeah. But they just come off as dumb. And it's like, here they had a chance to, like, you know, if they had just stuck it out and wrote out the makeup thing, and they had now, okay, even if you had to redefine the band musically yeah. as this band, you know, here you've got the guys in place to do it. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to let those guys shine out to be equal members, nope. which is completely antiethical to the original concept of what Kiss was, which was a four-wheel drive. Each guy does his own thing. And here you've got a guy that's bringing in a lot to the fucking table. Yeah. Whether you like him or not is irrelevant to the issue. People can talk about whatever personal problems they think he has. We don't know this guy. We don't. I'm not going to comment to that. Yeah. What did he bring to the table? I'm not a fan of his style of guitar playing, but he wrote solid songs for what they were trying to 
trying to do. Mm-hmm. They were you know successful songs to that end. Maybe the record wasn't commercially successful. People were like, it went platinum. Yeah, it went platinum like seven years after it fucking came out. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. Again, Shout the Devil, released the same week, was platinum within six months. Yeah. It makes me think it of... It took uh, six, seven years for Lick It Up to go platinum. And I'm just like, and this is in an era where the glass ceiling had been broken. Yeah. It was like platinum records were the norm for even shit bands. They would come out of nowhere, make one record, and go back to nowhere. But they'd The have music pla- industry they'd have was pla- huge and, at this point. And Kiss couldn't even keep up with that. Let me look at some <laughs> other records of this same era. Okay. Night Rangers Midnight Madness came out a month later and it was gold by april and platinum by the following summer june 19th is what i got uh, damn um bark at the moon came out in november ozzy's bark at the moon yep. and it was gold by january 23rd on the way to selling three million copies <laughs> quiet riot previous winter had released metal health and it was going gold around the time that lick it up came out and would be platinum by october judas priest screaming for vengeance had been released a year prior and it was already platinum so it had gone platinum in six months, whereas Lick It Up gets its platinum certification in 1990 at the end of the year, seven years after release. Hey, I didn't hear Wasp on that list either, which is another like Kiss knockoff in a lot <laughs> well, of ways they too. They weren't as popular or yeah. successful as these other. Bands. I'm just showing you. There's there's these bands that their alleged competition are, and they're not competing at all because they're not even on the fucking radar. No, they're not on the same. And playing people are going, field. "This is this is Kiss. This is the album that saved Kiss." No, it didn't. Nope. No, it didn't. And Kiss could have continued to be the Kiss that we knew at least with the makeup and the theatrics and they still i think they would have eventually rallied because there was always going to be an audience for that and Mm -hmm. they were the band that did it and if they just stayed true to who they were you know that's their brand identity and nothing else you know and yeah you can change you don't recognize the name kiss you recognize the faces and but they don't want to do that they're so clutching at this point they're so desperate and so concerned about keeping what they've got or whatever that they can't even give the fucking uh you know enough room open to bring this third creative partner in yep and this guy brings a lot to the fucking table a Mm -hmm. lot and paul will uh you know down this hill of how uh removing the makeup was the only move they had yeah he says that they were like backed in a corner that they they wouldn't have been able to continue on with the makeup see that way but that's because they had no you know what if if bill coin had been their manager still he would have smacked some damn sense into him at that point. I would point. hope. I would hope. I mean, I don't this think is, he would go along with not, that. A, of course not. He was he was out of his mind that they dropped the makeup after he'd spent all that time getting the copyrights on yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. It's the dumbest thing this band has ever done, other than you know, the only other option they had to me at this point is to just fucking stop. stop. But because they fucking sued their record label, <laughs> didn't win the money they thought they were going to have, and then the record label bit back because they lost Ace. Now they're on the hook. They had to keep going. They had no choice Mm -hmm. there was nowhere else for them to go it was either quit completely and go away and you wouldn't have you know and not with any success to show for it other than bragging rights yeah or you go you know what i gotta go punch the clock and keep working and that's what they did yeah to that end you gotta admire the tenacity but after that they did everything that you could possibly do wrong and now every album feeds the next album which would feed the next album because none of these albums are the success they hoped them to be and there's kiss fans that go around going but they're platinum records and it's like yeah but they're not money making records they're not Mm -hmm. big records they weren't platinum at the time they weren't platinum during the relevance but even then it's like they weren't doing Aussie numbers or Motley Crue numbers or anything like that they They were were still buried they're trying to copy uh the we talked about again the lick it up 
we were going to talk about the, looking up the video and the look that they had. And you mentioned too fast for love. I mean, those videos for well, the, too young to fall in love, too young to fall in love. What's this, it's Sorry. the same backdrop, that same post-apocalyptic it's, it's that same backdrop, post-apocalyptic thing. It's almost identical it videos is. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so it's that like, escape from New York road warrior. And aesthetic. I'm like, I'm like, who's leading the charge here? Right. Now I don't, you know, and then again, they look, if I so, thought, if I thought we were going to go into that much comparison, I actually would have looked up which came out during yeah, different times. I don't know which one came first, but I mean, either well, then you'll way, find like 10 other bands that have the exact same. Yeah. 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 The de reserve fucking you know Mad Max world thing. Yeah, uh, it didn't help. It it just made them look stupid. Then it's, they tried to like do more of a comic romp with All Hell's Breaking Loose. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've ever seen the video for it's that. It's very weird. It day, it's yeah. so fucking bad. It's like, what are they trying to be like the Three Stooges? What the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. just smacking people around yeah. and shit. You know, and the swinging of the fucking the sword, the sword and jeans covering his eyes. Like, oh god. <laughs> Well, that look that he makes in the video is how I felt about this entire fucking era. <laughs> I still think he looks so awkward in both of those videos where it's like he describes it as like him being a fucking bulldog in a tutu. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, they just they, they had a look that would have worked for him, but they didn't do it. And it was the album cover. And it was the album cover. If you're going to change, but then they should have just been a different band. They should have just changed the name of the fucking band. Yeah. You, Gene and Paul could have kept that collaboration as Gene and Paul and started a new band. Why didn't you do that? That would have caused even more interest than just dropping the makeup. Yep. And then I you think would so. be like, that way oh, you look could at be... that. Kiss is over. But look, Gene and Paul have gotten together with these two new guys, and now they've got this new band, blah. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, and that way, the mystique of Kiss would always be tied and, to the and makeup. makeup, and that would and that would exist, and it's and they could still have came back with the reunion and done just as well. That mm-hmm. was never going to go away, you know. That was never going to get even if it had been cheapened and they continued. They still had that card to play. I think. Yeah. Um, the promotional material for this tour that they're getting ready to start uh, for Europe was already printed in advance of them dropping the makeup. So all the promo material has. Them and makeup. makeup and then <laughs> yeah, they show seriously. up like surprise yeah the first three sh- they were able to like eventually correct it after three shows but the first three shows those cities got uh printables with yeah. basically an outtake of the creatures of the night photo session but and that's how they were promoted because they started off in spain right on that uh on the look it up tour yeah it starts a, uh the Let's see, what do I got here? And, and Paul and Gene on different occasions have said numerously that when they come out playing Creatures of the Night or whatever their intro song was at that time, he said, you could see visible confusion on people's faces. Yeah. Like they didn't. <laughs> well, because again, unless you caught the MTV thing that, that aired they did. Like once, or you have, like what Russ did, he didn't know about it until he saw the record. If you didn't happen to see the record, and you just saw Kiss was coming to town. You saw the flyer with the makeup. You show up, all of a sudden you hear, you want the best, you got the best, hottest band in the world. And then, you get, and then you get a bar band from Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> you get, right? Am I wrong? No, no not at all. But, it's like, like, but imagine like that, the confusion. I mean, they, that looked like the guys are like, hey man, we're from Shelby, we're going to so, be playing at Jeremiah's tonight. And they, it's what it looks like. It so, so, so we got a Kiss tribute band that doesn't wear makeup first? Or? <laughs> anyway, is a sound check? Uh, we got some dates here. Let's see, Madrid, October we're 13th and 14th uh the first show is professionally taped and then um you can find all that i guess on it YouTube was uh, converted to film at some point because yeah. um and i don't understand why but that's what's on the history volume two but the you can find the video of 
most of that show on YouTube. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting show to watch. I went back and uh, caught that one because it's like, again, you can kind of tell that like Paul feels the most comfortable because mm-hmm. he said he was just like, I've just oh, finally, I, I feel free from right. it. Yeah. You can visibly see Gene like not sure what to do because <laughs> exactly. he's used to like overexerting because of how much armor he has on. And being you, the demon character. Yeah, you can see him like falling into it sometimes and then going like wait it looks really weird for me to like really do my arm like that because i'm not like moving like this big armor around well, that's i think it adds more to the again they look like an awkward bar band yeah and i think you know, paul embraced it you know of course paul embraces it more than the rest of them yeah. you know he's kind of ready for that the 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 european tour seems to be pretty non-eventful as far as anything behind the scenes or anything but it is fairly long it's what several months long yeah uh leads all the way up to december yeah but now ck lint in his book uh dubbed the u.s tour a skull and crossbones tour and we talked about how they switched back from uh, icm to ati as their booking agent and at used ati used a uh uh, a move that i that i've seen done locally in a local venue they use their pressure as the booking agent to force promoters to take certain acts by kind of threatening uh denial to the more money established money making yep. acts okay book kiss for these dates otherwise we're not going to send so and so or we'll use another promoter kind uh, of thing. Okay. I've seen this happen. I remember I, I dated a girl that ran a club in Charlotte and she booked this show. It was like on a Monday or Tuesday night. And I'm like, it was an unknown band. I'm like, why would you book that? And she's like, because their agent does this band and that band and we need that. They're going to be touring this spring, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you mean they they won't let you have that if you don't take this? And she's like, possibly, yeah. It's kind of like, yeah, that's you know, of, you're playing a chess game. Yeah. But that's how they do it. That's their muscle. And so KISS is used now as one of those acts. Take the KISS act or else you're not going to get the Motley Crue tour or whatever. Right. <laughs> or whoever it is that I'm, I don't, you know, I don't, Motley Crue wasn't, I don't think they were headlining at this point. But, you know, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not so, going to get this A-lister that, you know, that it, it, down it the goes line. To and that, again, how the tables turn, KISS used to be the A-lister. Oh, that's, what, that's, like, what, that's you, what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, or it's like you wouldn't get Bob book Bob Seger or you won't get Kiss. Yeah, right. Now, and it's, now it's the other, <laughs> the way, other yeah. way around. So yeah. there, a lot of these shows are being done under under you know under pressure or under obligation. Um, at some point, the merchandising, um, which is now essentially, which ironically is now essentially limited to T-shirts and posters. <laughs> Again, even that is like. Well, no. Who wants a fucking makeupless fucking Eric Cardaw? Oh, well, exactly. <laughs> but that's also my point. Is like they also got rid of like such another revenue making thing. Uh, it didn't matter. That's you know that's their brain trusted play. I mean, thanks, keep that life thanks Howard float. Marks. <laughs> I don't know, but it goes to Bill Graham's Winterland Productions. They they're controlling the merchandising now. Uh, that's a that's just a little side note. The first U.S. date is on December 28th at the Omni in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, it held a seated 16,000. How much more they could pack in with festival seating is anyone's guess. Kiss for this, this new model Kiss on their debut show without makeup in the United States in, a, in an arena that holds 16 plus, easy easy 20,000 people. Yeah. They draw 4,500. <laughs> 
Wasn't going over that well. <laughs> and it gets yeah. worse. January 9th, Biloxi, Mississippi, the infamous Biloxi, Mississippi show where they drew the lowest uh, attendance that they would ever draw as a headlining arena act. Now, they drew, obviously, lower attendances in theaters when they were on their up-and-coming rise and clubs and what have you. Right, in right. an arena as a major headlining arena act. They're in Biloxi, Mississippi at the Coastal Coliseum, or Mississippi Coast Coliseum. The attendance, 1,500. 1,000. And again, they're not 500. even... And it's the makeupless era kiss. So there's not a whole lot of, you know lights and bombs and stuff like well, they're that using, either well they're still using the creatures of the night tank stage yeah oh that's right that's, that's a right. cool stage but it of is. course but of course paul doesn't like it <laughs> says it looks like an oversized cigarette lighter <laughs> and oh, i'm whatever. like that, that stage you know for for them trying to do cost cutting measures or whatever and they're trying to do a more economical stage set that worked really fucking it was well. very efficient that was a cool stage and if they're doing it on a budget and whoever designed it deserves major props because that was a cool stage oh yeah it, for kiss yeah that would have yeah. been a cool stage for a couple of heavy metal groups probably but it you know but it worked for kiss especially tying into war machine and shit like that uh, you know what i they played on january 10th they played knoxville i know uh a bunch of guys that were at that show and i meant to get some personal reminiscence which, on that and i never got around to it which uh stadium or uh and whatever the arena is in knoxville i don't yeah know. just knoxville civic auditorium oh, okay uh the next night they're in nashville and that show is recorded for the syndicated radio show the king biscuit flower hour yep. which i used to yeah. listen to every sunday night they don't get the whole hour though i can remember listening to this when it aired and it was only half of it they the show was split between them and someone else and i can't remember who it was so it wasn't even the whole show, and hmm. even then, I remember thinking they sped the te- they sped that tape up <laughs> to make it to squeeze it in. But I think they were really just playing that fast. Yeah, it really sounded absolutely absurdly fast. And that's something else they did as they went into the eighties. They just fucking started. Everything was at blistering way speeds. fast, and now everything's like way slow. It's yeah, like they, right. They can't seem <laughs> well, to find it. They can't seem to find the tempo. Well, they they kind of did it overnight too, because all the way up to Revenge, they were playing some stuff pretty fast live. Like they were playing Parasite, mm-hmm. and that was still pretty fast, kicking. Yeah. But then as soon as that reunion tour happened, it was like, well, they had to play to Peter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or whatever. Click I don't want to shit on it. Peter, but. I mean, you know, I mean, it is, just, what, it it is, is. what it is. Um, the Texas shows on this tour, uh, you know, one of the strongholds for especially, you know, the heavy metal circuit, all the bands love to go play Texas. You know, you could do, you could do a week or 10 days in Texas, I guess with, I mean, you could, you could play places like kiss did San Angelo, <laughs> <laughs> which Where? is in the middle of fucking nowhere in Texas. Jesus. You know? But uh, the average uh, attendance for these shows are about 2,000 people. They only draw about 2,000 in Austin, Houston, where they would do multiple night sellouts only six years prior, where all these great, you know, we got these great bootleg videos from because they had the in house system. Yep. You know, the. Uh, and we've the seen summit, the crowd is crazy. The big, the, the summit in Houston, multi night sellouts once upon a time, they get a single night, they draw 4,000 people. <laughs> So this isn't lick it up hasn't saved Kiss. Vinny Vincent hasn't saved Kiss. No, because you saw we on, avoided that. <laughs> I'm not shitting on fucking Vinny Vincent for that at all. I'm just saying Kiss wasn't saved here. No. Anyone that thinks Kiss was saved here because they their album went platinum six seven years after it came out, 
doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. This, this is, and if they think that and they host a fucking podcast, I'm fucking smarter than they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, this I hate is, fucking 80s Kiss fans because they're fucking stupid. <laughs> and they got bad taste. Really fucking bad taste. If you tell me you like 80s Kiss, it means you don't like rock and roll. But you, anyway. know, you know who loves 80s it's Kiss? Like, Paul the, and James. I'm ranting. I'm ranting. Saying, saying Kiss was saved at this moment is like seeing the dying dog and giving it a sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. they got a sip and, of water and, and, because and, the, and, the and, record and, sold better the than dog Creature recovered. of the Night. Yeah, the, after he got fucking yeah. taken to the it's hospital. Like the dog still yeah. got cancer. Yeah. <laughs> February 1st, Berkeley, California. They play at the Berkeley Community Theater. Yeah. The show was originally scheduled for the San Francisco Auditorium, which is where the Creatures of the Night show or tour ended. But here it was moved because ticket sales tanked. Yep, reported audience, uh, 3,400. Uh, additional theater dates on this tour. It should be noted there are additional theater dates on this tour, all of them in former strongholds, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. All of them, they're like, playing theaters. What has theaters. to be going through Gene and Paul's mind? Why are they doing this? And then they go to New York City. And is are they are they in Madison Square Garden? No. No, no they're at Radio City Music Hall. For, now, to the Which credit... Is, it's a it, that it has a, a minor prestige to it, right? But you know, Madison Square but Garden. From Madison, years from Madison Square Garden. Now, this is still better than the than the Palladium show they did when they debuted Eric Carr, and they sold out both of these shows. Yeah, but that's total of about twelve thousand people between two shows. They could have done, but a single night in MSG with twelve thousand people would have been. A failure yeah. yeah and plus they had to deal with the union costs that would have been attended with it mm-hmm. you know but they could have also played possibly you know the brendan burn arena across the river or the nassau coliseum i don't i don't recall that they did either one of those um everything's beneath them though War. it's it's just uh, apparently at this show or one of the shows at radio city music hall is the night that Paul and Vinny get into some sort of physical confrontation. Yeah, backstage over the extended guitar solos. You know, I just think, why? And here's my thing with this. It's like, you've got a kid that you've, well, he's not a kid. You've got a guy that you've positioned to be your lead guitar player. Mm-hmm. You've got a guy that you've positioned to be somebody to share the spotlight with. You know, what are you getting pissed about? You've brought him into this spot, but you want him to be what you want him to be. Yeah. Now, it's have, like, now I fully agree with you. Have you heard the tapes? No, I don't. Not, he goes way long, like way longer than Ace would. Like, there's. It took forever to actually find an audio clip well, for me. Like it took a while. Okay, but. I, I, I understand it, but here's my question then. And they, they and I might, and I'm not saying right or wrong here. I'm just asking. The first question I would have I'm at just the end, of, if I was like a manager and they're going, he wouldn't come off the stage. My question would be, okay, he pissed you off. Yeah, I understand that. Um, how did the audience react? They were bored. Were they? seem like it i mean that's that's according to paul and gene you can't go i mean even a good recording you don't know if a if a crowd's reacting you you read the crowd they they might have been bored they may well have been bored i probably would have been bored i mean i get bored on a drum solo though i think a drum so i mean they gave fucking peter chris gigantic length drum solos and it's not because i hate peter chris or his drumming or anything i mean i don't like anybody's drum solo i I remember one of it being like one of those four minute long 
Yeah, uh, this is like, like barrages. And and you actually hear in that history documentary, you actually hear Vinny in the middle. Four minutes. And Paul comes out and he's like, Vinny Vincent, lead four, guitar. Four minutes. Big deal. So what? That's Give a, him a long spot. time. Give him a spot. I think let him take a shot. Let him figure it out. His last show with the band is March 17th, the final show of the tour in Evansville, Indiana. At some point during this tour, both Eric and Vinny have had their salaries cut in half. Yeah. Damn. How would you react? I'm sure I would. (laughs) Yeah. Now, Vinny clearly wants an equal partnership in this deal. And, And is he wrong to want this? Because he's brought a lot to the table. No. and More so... Think about it. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Well, I, I agree with what you're about to say, but I actually sympathize with it a little bit more now that we've been going through this because you always hear, oh, Vinny played a part. He did this. He did that. But oh, he also did this, 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 this. And he never wanted to sign his contract. Well, again, with us putting everything in this light and looking at it from you know the outside looking in, going like, well, yeah, he was not going to be an equal member yet. He wrote three-fourths of this last record, and he did all this other stuff. He may have been an extremely difficult person to deal with. He may not have been, though. Maybe Gene and Paul are the difficult ones. Everyone else, even outside of Gene and Paul, is in that. But I'm saying saying even if. position of like, well, i got to have the control. Look, the guy is a primary songwriter, an exceptional guitar player, has a a charismatic stage presence, and he's courting endorsements. Yeah. He's becoming... You know, you need someone to replace Ace. Here's a guy that's going to do it. Not only is he going to replace Ace, you got a chance to supplant him. Like, this is not a common thing. Yeah. And, you know, he's brought, he's got more contributions here on more levels than any member in that position prior. Like or since. More so than Eric Carr. Like, well, I'm saying even in the guitar position, more so than even Ace. Yeah. And granted, he's not fucking ace, but then this really isn't fucking kiss. So no. what difference does it make? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's fast he's becoming. He's not ace, but this isn't kiss. <laughs> he's fast becoming an equal persona in this new model kiss, and he's demanding recognition. Yeah, give it to him. Give it. Give him. If he can get all that fucking as much spotlight as he can, it's only going to add to you. Mm-hmm. It's going to make your band stronger. Even if, you know, it's like, how can you not see that? How can you not see the potential? You, This is the thing. Kiss have to fall back and punt, but they think they're going to score on the punt. It's like, no, dude, you're having to rebuild from nothing. <laughs> you're doing, forget about it. You're not going to just go, ma- there's no magic formula. They're looking for that magic formula. It's going to be like, we're back. Yeah. No, it's not going to work that. You're going to rebuild. And now you've got a new model band. You can do this. You've got a guy that's going to be a flash guitar hero in the era he's the of the person guitar you heroes. wanted. He's the, he's, you well, chose him. <laughs> well, the flash style. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. But instead, he's just promptly fired because they want to keep him under heel. Mm-hmm. And no, you know what? I don't blame him for get bucking on him, you know? And I don't blame him if he bucks on him by fucking playing three or four extra minutes on stage. Oh, my God. We've just ruined the show. <laughs> I mean, you know, and look, you understand, I used to really, I'm like a big time, I was a big, big time Vinny hater. Yeah. Because I don't like that style of playing. Mm-hmm. But just so imagine having to sit through four but minutes from of an ob- that. But now, from an objective perspective, 
perspective, I'm like, this guy deserved a whole lot more than what they wanted to give him. And they were so they were so desperately clinging to what little they had that mm-hmm. they couldn't even share the the fucking biscuit with them. You no, know what I mean? They couldn't even yeah. give him the car. And like Eric, no. <laughs> Eric was in, into you know Eric Carr to his credit or maybe detriment was more contrite and more willing to be like, well, hey, you know, I got a job. He's a you team know, he's, player. He's the drummer. He's like, I'm just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and you know. I don't know. I mean, I might be 100% wrong on that. But I mean, that, from what I'm ga- gathering, from all that I'm seeing, from what he brought to the table, for what they could do, they they have dropped back. They, if they're going to be a heavy metal band, they've got all the right tools in place. they got the right players in place. You've got a guy that can be a guitar hero and an equal star that's going to bring a lot more attention to the band. And what do you do? He's trying to take all our power away. Conversely, though, him. I'll play devil's advocate. Go for it. You can always see the fruits of someone's labor when they're on their own devices. So with everything you just said, why didn't Vinny become that with his own thing? Why didn't any of the members of kiss become that with their own thing? It's all in context to a, to a chemistry that exists in that partnership. Right. But when, Outside but when of Paul that, tried to separate off and do, well, Paul never really tried to separate well, out. No, but even if he did, I mean, it's still, I mean, I, it, I'm just saying Vinny started doing the invasion right. and everything else right at the peak of all that crazy guitar but, stuff. So because, why did it all that too, happen? I don't think he could, I don't think, I think he needed them as much as they needed him. I'm saying that partnership, that chemistry, whatever they had, they had a potential to create the quote unquote new kiss. And clearly, there was chemistry because he got invited back about 10 years yeah. later so you know it, it without that you know and now they're gonna have to go and 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 hurt the whole brand image even more by finding yet another guitar player which is gonna only sully their their whole fucking because they still have to do it two anyway. more times yeah and by the time they get it it's like you know who do they get they get the most nondescript uncharismatic you know, playing a note per, you know, getting paid by the note kind of session guy they could get. Exactly. Yeah. A hired not, gun. And it, Bruce Cool is great. He's a, he, but for what, but he's a hired gun and it's all what, you know, he'd, he'd been a hired gun before. He was a hired gun then. He's a hired gun now. Yeah. You know, he's a great, credible musician, but he's not a, he's not a charismatic persona no he's and, not and a rock he, star. and he's kind of the first to tell you he kind yeah. he he's, he I'm owns the whole spruce kulik right. joke they I, I had for him and, and he seems like a nice person i'm not trying to shit on him as an individual yeah. at all i'm just saying but at the end of the day we're in the business of you know we're looking at people that had been iconic not just superstars but iconic superstars mm-hmm. kiss created an iconic image no one will ever equal that you know even if you don't know their names you, you know, know the faces. You know the faces, and it's just so it's just so bizarre to me that they would walk away from it. And then, if you're going to reestablish yourself as the next best thing that you can, new Coke, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're going to want to do it with a with an established lineup. Yeah, but keep on, you know. And it's like, and you got, I mean, in my opinion, now with hindsight being what it is, and and this is going to sound really absurd coming from me, but at the end of the day. Who's been the best guitar player after Ace that fit Kiss the best? Who had oh, the stage so, presence? I was just like stage Who presence, had the songwriting? The chops. Who had it was Vinny. And you know, it's just the truth of the, of the and matter. And it's so weird because they're such black and white guitar players. They are completely. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying Vinny would not have fit in Kiss classic Kiss. No. Nope. 
but, but Ace also wouldn't, wouldn't fit, fit in this in new this... model heavy metal Kiss. I'm just saying they Kiss rebranded yeah. as what they were, and they had lowercase the, ISS. <laughs> they had they had the the ingredients to be, to, but I think if they had stuck with that and and built off of that mm-hmm. and made another album, another album, they would have been on par with the Bon Jovis and the and the Motley Crues and the all the big bands of the late '80s. Yeah, they aren't anywhere close to that. They will never get anywhere close to that. There's people that think they were on that level. They're deluding themselves. They were never that <laughs> big ever again. Uh, speaking of Ace. Ace had uh, to be paid out during this time, which caused a major pinch in their accounting because yeah, there was no money. Coming. <laughs> yeah. And, and Ace so is like, I haven't even been around for years, motherfucker. Where's my money? <laughs> and think about it. And this is the only time in, 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 in the history of the band where Ace had an autonomous power over Gene and Paul. Yeah. <laughs> they owed him money and they weren't coming up with it. Yeah. He could have probably legally sued them, but they paid him off. It was just the payments came late. And Curly, just calm down. We'll get you your Robitussin money here in a bit. <laughs> but anyway, so there we are. We're at the end of this cycle. And again, yeah. uh, rather than build new identities with... Uh, Eric and Vinny, they kind of jealously have guarded their own control. Uh, There was so much promise here to succeed, you know, and it wouldn't have been Vinny Safe Kiss. It wouldn't have been like they would have been at a position, though, to rebuild, rebrand and reestablish the band. But they're going to have to do it all. It's like, forget all that. We're going to have to do it all over again. And honestly, I think a quote from Paul kind of summarizes all of that. Uh, he was talking about the MTV makeup uh, removal. Oh, yeah. We know we didn't even talk about that. Uh, he was Well, he was speaking on that, and he goes, if you really step back and think about it, we kind of like sold a whole lot of hype. He's yeah. like, because Ace and Peter were already out of the band. And you had two people in a group that without successful records, he goes, so really it was just the unmasking of me and Gene. Right. And the, and the quote that sells it, that just is almost kind of like prolific. He goes, we sold a whole lot of sizzle with not a lot of steak. Well, <laughs> and, and that's the, again, and that's part of the irony because the opposite was true. I think so much, they the people want to throw that on classic Kiss. It was like, well, without the makeup of the theatrics, what do you got? What do you got? Well, I know you got at least six great goddamn rock and roll albums. Yeah. You know, and if you don't recognize that, it's just that you don't want to fucking recognize it. You don't want to listen to it. You're just yeah. being a dickhead you know? at this point. At you this know? point, it's like, you're right, though. At this point, what is what is setting Kiss aside from anyone else? Not a whole lot. Nothing, but they could have. I think you know. That to me, the best move they could have done here is they could have hold on, bit their lip with Vinny, or continued that partnership because obviously it was working to some degree. Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept them yeah. to begin with. You know? After that first After creatures that, tour, you know, they selling him as a substitute for Ace, and then you go, okay, it's not working. We got to find a real member now. Yeah, but they didn't. They kept him, and you know, and he wrote. A shit ton of shit for him. Yeah, including, like I said, co-writes on like what three fourths of the record, basically the hits. It's like I think they just felt the power control and that power structure challenged because you got a guy that was on equal par and he didn't want to be employee and he didn't deserve to be an employee, not with what he's bringing to the table. So I don't blame him, you know. Yeah. And and here they had the opportunity though. If you're going to re, you know, if you're not going to change your name and you've got to rebrand and restructure, you know, you're going to have to do it with consistency, consistent, <laughs> consistency on. <laughs> stage and off consistency with your lineup consistency with the material you bring you know that's what builds it and here we're seeing but again and we're here we're seeing opposite (laughs) we're seeing the polar opposite and then we're seeing another band pick up the mantle with the theatrics and go much bigger 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and there, there's your drop the mic. One. So, <laughs> so with that, we'll talk more about the, the, con, the, the continuing uh, adventures of the, of the cartoon clown show. Now, ironically, <laughs> that kiss has become with the continuous change. We're going to, we're going to put another quarter in the slot and, and crank the, the lever on the, <laughs> slot machine and see what we come up with this time animalize so stick around and we'll see you guys next time on no time for turn for alex for cap i'm russ and we'll see you next no time. time for turn no time for turn thank you for listening please insert another coin by supporting the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash something good network